to Money Making Markets. I'm your host, Ash. Thank you guys for tuning in last week for the premiere of Money Making Markets, as well as the launch of the YouTube page, Always Drive Higher. Thank you guys for tuning in, taking the time out of your day to view my new page, view the content that I'm going to be bringing you. I'm a new at this, I'm new at the content creation, but I appreciate you guys for giving me all the feedback, suggestions, and just telling me how much you love what I'm trying to bring to you guys. So I appreciate everyone for tuning in, if it, even if it was for five to 10 minutes. Again, that's pretty much how the page and how I really want it to be designed. I want you guys to come in and watch the video and see what topics interest you. Like I'm hoping that I could provide a topic for everyone that interests them and enables them to learn something new every single day. So I appreciate everyone who tuned in to the premiere. Something that I'm going to touch on though from last week is I stressed the importance of education and I stressed the importance of just learning. However, within that, I was going, of course, introducing myself and my background and I was going through my education, the use of my education. And with that, I went through how I completed four years of school. With that being said, I did not want to come off or imply that the only way for you to be successful or to learn is through the usual just four years of college, four years of university. There are a plethora of and there are a plethora of ways for you to gain knowledge, insight, and education. It's not only through the four years of higher learning, supposedly through college or university. Some of the most successful people who have started the most successful companies, they did not go to school, or if they went to school, some of them dropped out. However, they were dedicated to their craft, dedicated towards chasing their dreams to the highest level, and they really just keyed into learning as much as possible, whether that was through mentorship, apprenticeship, apprenticeship, um, or just keying in on the industry and just trying to learn from professionals in the industry and just take bits and pieces here and there. So I certainly did not want to come off as if going to school, going to a four-year university is the only way to gain knowledge. For example, in the tech industry, a lot of professionals such as software developers and software engineers, companies are starting to become more acceptable of accepting those professionals who not necessarily haven't completed four years of school. Instead, they're focusing in on their skills because of course, when companies are, are hiring people for positions, they don't want to put all their resource, resources into training, into training their new hiring. They want to limit the amount of money that they're spending on training to as little as possible. So professionals who come in with ready to go skills from courses, online courses that are made available, certifications they may have achieved through on, uh, through online courses, boot camps, which are becoming very popular in the tech industry for software engineers and software developers. I'm just giving an example, but this is just an, ex this is just to say that 
there are other forms of education out there that equally people could say are just as valuable as college, especially if the major companies are starting to become more acceptable with choosing a professional who has higher skills but may not have gone to college over the professional who went to college but their skills may not be as high which should make sense in theory because if I have one applicant over here who may not have not done the four years of college but they've spent countless hours and time into over into making their skills better making their skills better actively participating in projects creating projects and and uh, creating projects that will be useful and give them valuable experience to succeed in their careers why wouldn't a company be interested in that applicant over uh, a four-year student who may not have as high of skills so it goes back and forth again it depends on you know the full resume the full resume of both applicants you know it's not just you know just like that in theory there's a bunch of factors that go into consideration when companies are deciding who they want to hire but again i just want to show that there's plenty of ways plenty of ways in which people can learn gain knowledge so that they could succeed at the highest levels possible so i just wanted to touch on that you know i was what compelled me to start this page was listening to a bunch of podcasts just learning about the plethora of career paths that are made available or that the career paths and journeys that many people took that were different from each other and just learning about their career paths and choices that they made so not everyone went to a university people took different paths made different choices learned in many different ways so i just wanted to stress that before we got to do this week so with that being said it is the second week of money making markets last week i gave you guys a little preview of what you could expect of the with a bunch of different news stories and just stock market updates i was hoping that there would be something a new story for everyone out there and i hope to diversify the topics that i include every week however with that i may have misstepped a little bit yes it's okay to admit when you think you made a little mistake who's not the best decision to assume that everyone knew what i was talking about some of the terms that you hear relating to these subjects of you know business in entrepreneurship and investing in markets some of the terms and that i mentioned some people this may be their first time picking up and picking up to listen to a stock market show or hearing some of these terms in business investing in markets it might be your first time listening in so me just going directly into a regular stock market show may not have been the best so this week what i decided is i'll take a step back and i'll provide you guys with a stock market 101 and investing 101 guide 
So this way, in the future episodes, when you start to hear some of these terms, you'll be like, I got it. I know what that means. Ash was talking about that on the second episode of Money Making Markets. I know what all of that, index funds, mutual funds, I know, I know what those are. So um, with that being said, I think it's time that we go into the second episode of Money Making Markets. And hopefully in the future, even if you guys do forget some of these terms, you have this episode as reference. So as always, I'm, I post these presentations in the description. You can find them in the description of the YouTube video, as well as where you can listen to the podcast. So the podcast, hopefully by the time this episode, the, these episodes, this episode is up. It will be available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So you'll see there's a description to those links in the bio, in the description, if they're all cleared by that time. So that being said, let's get into it. Again, a disclaimer, the content provided is for educational and infor informational purposes only and should not be construed as professional financial advice. The information is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your qualified financial professional or consultant with any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. So as always, guys, do your own independent research. You want to be you want to be the boss. You want to be the controller of your finances and investing. So it's always good to do your own research or consult someone who is a is a financial is a financial professional. And it's just good to do your own research. You learn more. You get you get to learn your own style, and you'll be glad that you did so in the future. What is the stock market? So the stock market is made up of exchanges. Two of the most the top exchanges are the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. There are more stock exchanges as well, but these are the main two we should key in. So in the stock market, shares of publicly held companies are bought and sold. When a company files to go public from private to public, they choose which exchange they want to file on. So stocks are listed on a specific exchange, which brings buyers and sellers together and acts as a market for those shares of those stocks. The exchange tracks the supply and demand and directly related and is directly related to the price of each stock. So of course, supply and demand influences the price of the stock as well as tons of other factors and information. We'll get into that later. The stock market or exchange maintains various market level and sector specific indicators. So. Some of the two most popular indexes are Standard & Poor's 500 index or the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100 index. Another one that's, that is very popular as well is the Dow Jones 30, which is the top 30 prominent companies or the top 30 companies in terms of, you know, their stock price and the amount of volume that they produce every single week. So. These indexes, such as the S&P 500, that's the top 500 companies all in one index. That, so you could track the performance. Investors and analysts and even regular investors like us, we could track the performance of the top 500 companies as a whole in that index. So that's what people talk about when they say the S&P 500. The NASDAQ 100 index is the same thing, top 100 companies. The thing that is different with that though, is the NASDAQ composite is 
50% or a little bit over 50% tech companies. So people usually talk about evaluate when people are usually evaluating the NASDAQ, they it's usually it's heavily focused on tech companies. So just wanted to clarify that. What is the purpose of the stock market? The stock market allows companies to issue and sell their shares to the public for the first time through the process of an in initial public offering or an IPO. Companies will go public in order to raise money for investors to expand their business or create new products. It's as simple as it seems. So if companies private, but they want to, they need more capital, they need more money in order to expand their business, in order to scale their business higher, some, they'll usually decide to go public. And going public will allow investors to buy shares in their company and in return, if the company is producing profits every quarter, the stock price, share price will usually go up, which will in turn allow investors in the, in the stock. If they want to sell, they'll gain profits. And in return, these companies are given a surplus of capital in which they're able, able to expand their business and launch new products. A company that divides itself into several shares and sells some of those shares to the public at a price per share. To facilitate this process, a company needs a marketplace such as the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, where these shares can be sold and this is achieved by the stock market. So that is the purpose of the stock market. Why should you invest in the stock market? Well. There's a couple of reasons. Maybe, you know, you want you want that bread, you want that money, but you will own company shares in the expectation that share value will rise. So you will own how you could own invest how many, how, however much money you want to into companies. It's up to you. As you do this, you're hoping that the share price will rise and that you will receive dividend payments as well, or you could receive both. So dividend payments. So say, for example, a company share prop share prices are increasing and their profits are increasing. Some companies usually maybe every quarter or once every quarter or whenever they decide to they'll issue dividend payments. And what these dividend payments are, how you could, how I will best ex explain it is that the total profits and net profits divided by the outstanding shares. So the amount of money that the company was able to profit minus divided by the outstanding shares will give you the dividend payments that the company will issue out to its shareholders like you, people who own the shares. In other words, the partial ownership of a company and potentially a slice of the company's earnings. Key metrics that I think you guys should pay attention to when deciding whether you want to whether you want to invest in a company is revenue, which is the total earnings of a company that a company generates through its core operations, like the sale of products or services. Should also include profit in there, which is revenue minus the cost, and that will just get you to see the net profits that a company is producing. So that's also another one. 
Earnings per share, EPS, as you will sometimes see. Company's net profit divided by the number of common shares it has outstanding. So again, like I said before, the profit divided by the amount of outstanding shares that the company has. By investing in that stock, you're hoping that the company grows and performs well over time. So anytime we're investing in a company, we're hoping that the company is able to scale its business up and up and up, striving higher. And in that, hopefully the, sh the share price will keep going up and up and up. And it'll be whether it'll be up to you when and whether you want to sell. So it'll be up to you. Sectors within the stock market. So you have 11 sectors within the stock market. Obviously, there are a plethora of different companies that exist and that go public. Not all companies offer different services and goods. So it's best that we separate these companies into different sectors. It's better. It makes it easier to evaluate them, just like the indexes. So you can see how, you know, IT, informational tech, technology companies are performing, tech companies, how healthcare companies are performing, financials, which is usually our banks, consumer discretionary, discretionary, communication services, industrials, consumer staples, energy, utilities, real estate, and materials. So these are the 11 sectors that exist within the stock market. Um, it's just a better way for us to organize and keep everything within their, you know, due sector. Market indexes or indexes. A market index tracks the performance of a group of stocks, which either represents the market as a whole or a specific sector of the market. So like I said before, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ composite, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. These are all indexes, stocks, companies, all of these companies jumbled up in, a, in their specific index. And it just serves as a better way for us to be able to track the performance of a sector or you know, the tech companies in NASDAQ or S&P 500, the top 500 companies. It makes it a better way for us to perform, to track the performance of these public companies. The Dow Jones 30, top 30 companies. We're tracking the top 30 companies. So that is, you know, market indexes. You could also invest in these indexes through the stock market. So say, for example, you're not too fond of investing in a single stock or a single company. You can, in turn, decide to invest in an index, which is usually the safer because you're investing in a group of companies and a group of stocks it's usually a safer way for people to invest and diversify their portfolio. The S&P 500, 500 of the largest stocks in the U.S., NASDAQ Composite, more than 3,700 stocks, heavily weighed towards the tech sector. Dow Jones Industrial Averages tracks the 30 large publicly owned blue chip companies. These indexes are used as a, as a gauge for the performance of the overall market. You can also, like I said, invest in these index funds, these specific indexes of a sector of the market. So, again, indexes are a good way to start investing in the market if you want. It offers, you know, some more safety, um, flexibility because you're investing in a group of stocks.
Mutual funds. Mutual funds, they're almost the same thing as indexes, but they're a little bit more diversified. So mutual funds let you purchase small pieces of many different stocks in a, in a single transaction. So you could, in a single mutual fund, you, they could be stocks and, and companies from, you know, the tech industry or the tech sector or the real estate sector or the financial sector or the healthcare sector. It's just a bunch of different, it's a bunch of different stocks in one. And sometimes you'll hear the term of a hedge fund manager or a mutual funds manager. Well, there are, are a plethora of different, you know, ideologies and investing strategies that these managers have and that they've, you know, built. So that's when you hear about, when you hear about mutual fund managers or hedge fund managers, they're closely examining, examining the performance of these public companies. And with that, they're deciding, well, okay, I like that company. Let me put it in the basket. I like this company. Let me put that in the basket. Oh, Apple. Let me take that Tesla. Let me take that Meta. Okay. Come here. I like that Alphabet. Come here. Okay. That's how they do. They have, they evaluate the market. They analyze these companies. And in return, they they offer these they offer their services and their investing strategies to people in the public. And whether and if you decide that you like your strategy, you like the companies, then you could invest in that mutual fund. So, um, when you invest in a fund, you also own small pieces of those companies. You can put several funds together to build a, a diversified portfolio. Diversification is one of the most important things that you'll hear within investing. You usually do not want to have a large portion of your in investing portfolio, you know, predicated towards one sector or all towards one stock. You usually and generally would be seen as good advice to diversify your portfolio. Building a, a diversified portfolio out of many individual stocks is possible, but again, you need to do the proper research. So in investing, there are also things called options. The way I like to look at options is it's a contract. It's between the buyer and the seller. Another way to look at options is a bet. A strategic, a strategic bet. Let me explain. So you have put options and you have call options. Call options, you would basically be betting that you think the stock is going to go up in price. So for example, I think a stock is, I think it's good to invest in a stock at $60. I think it's a good price to get in at $60. However, I do think the stock is gonna go up and up and up. So, for example, so say I lock in at $60 and the stock goes up and up, it surpasses $60 and continues to rise. Well, I can say the stock reaches $80, but I have a contract for $60. Well, if I decide to exercise my right to continue with the contract, 
I'm going to be given the shares of stocks, the, uh, the amount of shares of stocks at $60. However, the, sh the current share price is at $80. So if I decide to sell the, if I decide to sell at the $80, I'm netting a $20 profit. With put options, you're basically betting that the, sh the stock is gonna go down. So say I decide to think, okay, let me get in at $50 and the stock goes down to $40. Well, I could sell at 50. I could sell at 50. It went down to 40. I'm going to be netting a $10 gain. Let me go more into the specifics. So options are financial contracts to either purchase or sell an asset. They give the buyer the right, but not the obligation to either purchase or sell that underlying asset, the stock at a predetermined price before the contract expires. Investors trade options to perhaps implement a specific trading strategy, manage risk and possibly generate income. Again, it all goes down into risk and strategy. Strategy is heavily at the core of why people would trade options. Features of options. You have the premium, exp expiration date, strike price, and number of contracts. The premium is which is, is the cost to buy the right to make the trade. The expiration date is the last date that the right that you have the right to exercise the option contract. So the expiration date is the last date that you have either to you know go forward with the contract or you know don't go forward with it. But that's why you have to pay the premium price, the premium price, because if you don't go forward with the of exercising the contract for the call or put options, well, at least that's why you pay the premium. The strike price is the price the investor pays if they exercise the option to buy or sell. And the amount is the number of option contracts that are either bought or sold. So people who usually trade options, they're usually more sophisticated, um, so more sophisticated investors and traders within the stock market and probably have been doing it for a long time, you know. Um, it's very important if you decide to trade options that, you know, you do your proper research and that, you know, you speak to a financial professional because options are a little bit more tricky. So how do you get started with investing? Well, you got to create an investing account or a brokerage account. A brokerage account is an investment account that you're used to trade assets such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. Many brokerage firms allow you to open an account with no deposit. However, you will need to fund the, the account, obviously, to invest. You can do that by moving money from your checkings or saving accounts, which you could connect to your investment account. You can sell these stocks or your investments at any time. The broker acts as a middleman between you and the investments you want to buy, which is, you know, the brokerage accounts, you know. We'll get into the brokerage accounts that you guys could invest in and create accounts. No limit on the number of accounts that you can have and no limit on the money you can put into your account each year, generally, on, on, the last, on that last point. There's generally no limit. Where can I open a brokerage account? Well, there's a plenty of options. You have Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Inter Interactive Brokers, Robinhood, very popular one, even though, you know, during the whole penny stock situation, they 
pause people, they pause your ability to uh, buy those penny those uh, penny stocks or like GameStop and you know AMC. But you know that's all another conversation. E Trade Financial, TD Amir Trade, Webull, Ali Invest, and Merrill Lynch. So those are these are a couple of options that you guys have in opening an account. Generally, it's just good advice to focus on investing for the long term. Stock market investments have proven to be one of the best ways to grow long-term wealth. Over several decades, the average stock market return is about 10%. Remember, some years will be up, some down. For example, 2022 was a down year. Point blank period, down year. But you have to stick with it. You have to stick with investing. You have to stick with it. Um, and just, you know, the name of the game. Generally, you'll have more up years. That's why it's been it's been seeing that, you know, if you do a long, if you stick with long-term investing, it'll be better. Stocks will vary in their returns. For long-term investors, the stock market is a good investment no matter what's happening day to day or year to year. The best thing to do after you start investing in stocks or mutual funds may be the hardest. Don't look at them because some years will be down like last year. Last year was a terrible year. I did not want to look at my account, but you got to stick with the investments for the long run. It's a long game. We're playing the long run. We're not trying to make a quick buck. We're not trying to, you know, get that quick check. We're not, that's, that's not that's not how you build long-term wealth. That's not how you build consistency. If anything that, that you're trying to do to, to be successful, it takes time, it takes effort. You gotta stick with it. Unless you're trying to beat the odds and succeed at, at day trading, which is completely different, it's good to avoid the habit of consist, consistently, computatively checking how your stocks are doing several times a day, every day, so. Just best to not always know constantly. It's okay to look at how your stocks are performing. I mean, we all do, but you don't want to make it a habit. That's too much. So, again, I hope that throughout through this presentation, I was able to give you guys a solid understanding and solid basis and funded fundamental understanding of, of, and build a foundation of how the stock market works. What are some factors that are consistent within the stock market and, you know, potentially lead you to creating your own investing account and becoming more familiar with certain terms that you may end up reading when you're doing your own research. You know, it's very important that we spread financial literacy. We spread, you know, information. I do not. A part of me of creating this channel was, you know, we do we do not want gatekeepers. We want to spread information. We want there's enough there's a lot there's enough money in the world for us all to get our piece of the pie. There's just there's just enough money. So building and spreading this information and building and spreading this information is again a core piece of why I want to start this channel, allowing people to see that you know. It's not as hard as what it may seem, you know, me providing this information through this platform, it may be better. And I'm hoping it's better than some of you who may have learned some of this stuff in a stereotypical classroom setting. Because as we all know, when we're in class, it's easily to be, to be distracted. We may not have the best teacher. We may be tired, maybe thinking of other things. But if you're watching this video, clearly 
you're interested in the stock market, clearly you're interested in business and investing and just becoming more familiar with these topics. So again, hopefully I was able to provide you guys with a fundamental basis of the stock market. If I missed anything and you guys want me to touch it, put it in the comments. Anything, topic suggestions, critique, um, ideas, anything. Just put it in the comments and I'll see it. I'll get back to you and I'll probably include it in the next show. So again, thank you guys for tuning in to the second episode of Money Making Markets. Next week, we will be back with our regular news stories and news updates. I'm looking to launch interviews very soon, detailing, you know, getting a bunch of interesting guests to be able to, you know, give you detail their journey, detail their trials and tribulations, and show you guys that there are a plethora of different ways to make it in today's world. As always, always strive higher. Peace.